Hi, we're Eleanor and Carrie. We're the hosts of the Good Robot Podcast, and join us as we ask the experts: What is good technology? Is it even possible? And what does feminism have to bring to this conversation? If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to our website, where we've got a full transcript of the episode and a specially curated reading list with work by or picked by our experts. But until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Today, we're talking with Virginia Dignam, Professor of Responsible Artificial Intelligence at the University of Emea, where she leads the Social and Ethical Artificial Intelligence Research Group. She's a fellow of the European Artificial Intelligence Association and associate of the Faculty of Technology Policy and Management at the Delft University of Technology. She's a member of the European Commission High-Level Expert Group on AI, the IEEE Initiative on Ethics of Autonomous Systems, the Delft Design for Values Institute, and many more. We draw on Dignam's experience as an engineer and as a legislator to discuss how any given technology might not be good or bad, but is never valueless, how the public can participate in conversations around AI, how to combat evasions of responsibility among creators and deployers of technology when they say, sorry, the system says so, and why throwing data at a problem might not actually make it better. We hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. So could you please introduce yourself, tell us a little bit more about what you do and what has led you to work on the social and the ethical impact of technology? Thank you very much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here speaking to you on this uh, Good Robot uh, podcast. Uh, my name is Virginia Dignam. I'm a professor of uh, Responsible Artificial Intelligence at Umeå University in Sweden. I have been working on artificial intelligence since the mid-80s, so it's quite some time now. And I have been working both on industry and in academia. And uh, throughout my quite long career by now, I have been seen many different approaches to AI, many different uh, hypes and lows of AI. But what always is kind of the constant in my work is to try to understand how these systems can be built in a way that they are of benefit for those who use them, either in organizations or in uh, individual users or society in general. But that has been always the constant. I started when I was working for uh, industry in a large insurance company in the Netherlands, when they started introducing what at the time were called expert systems and that were changing completely the way that people were working, in some cases with the beneficial uh, changes, but in other cases with some type of more troubling changes. And that's where led me to try to understand what are exactly the impact and how can we make this impact to be as beneficial as possible. Our podcast is called The Good Robot. So we'd like to ask what good technology means to you. Can there be such thing as good technology? And would, for example, it be optimized for efficiency or for another quality? Very good question. Uh, Indeed, technology is in itself not good or bad. We can make good or bad use of technology. If uh, If you talk about good technology, the first which comes to my mind is about 
technology that is well built, built in a way that it's safe, that it's correct, that doesn't crash, that doesn't get into very strange, unexpected things. So robust technology, that would be, for me as an engineer, the first association with good technology. But actually, the good of the technology is the good that we make of it. Like any other technology, like any other tool, we can use it for good or for bad. And it depends a lot on our own, our own as people approach, our own uh, incentives and our own uh, motivations, how we are using technology. Indeed, we see in AI that a lot of what is being um, developed is uh, with this mind on optimizing for uh, accuracy, optimizing for speed, optimizing for more, let's say, technical uh, qualities, but it doesn't mean that we cannot really do this optimization also for more societal impact, optimizing for privacy, optimizing for safety, optimizing for uh, fairness, optimizing for uh, inclusion. We can we can look at those principles also as motives for, or as um, uh, requirements for optimization. And that means that uh, we can uh, really look at good technology from the perspective of the use of technology in societal beneficial approach. Your answer has also complicated what it means for AI to go wrong. So our next question, how do we deal with AI that goes wrong? And what should we be thinking about when we think about AI going wrong? From an engineering perspective, from a regulatory perspective, how would you respond to that? From uh, yeah, AI can go wrong. Any system can go wrong in two ways. So, like I say, from an engineering perspective, AI goes wrong when we build it incorrectly, when we don't have in mind the uh, don't are explicit about the requirements, the objectives, and the functionalities of the system. When the system is built in an incorrect way, either by using the the not most appropriate techniques or the most appropriate components. And we see that nowadays a lot with the, the, the overemphasizing on data-driven approaches to AI. There are many techniques within AI, of which data-driven ones, the ones which are used uh, traditionally in uh, deep learning, in uh, neural networks, in uh, machine learning, are extremely data-driven. Uh, we are using those technologies uh, at uh, without really considering many times other approaches. There are many other approaches in AI, approaches which focus more on the on the meaning on the knowledge representation, on the searching and planning capabilities. And those techniques are at this moment not really very much used because everybody thinks that if we can throw more data to a problem or if we can throw throw more computational uh, power to that problem, we will be solving it better. So that, that is when I think that from an engineering perspective, AI can go wrong because we don't think about the full-fledged uh, palette of opportunities that are there, the, uh, the diversity of technologies that are there that can be used uh, and we just go for the the quickest and the, the easiest, uh, uh, most 
hyped technology or technique instead of thinking about what is the problem and what is the best technique for this specific problem. In terms of AI impact, things can go wrong when we, as people, don't take enough care of the responsibility that we have for the way that we are using this type of systems. It's extremely easy to pass the responsibility or to pass the decision power to the system and to hide ourselves behind the idea, sorry, the system said so. And we see that in many, many different uh, levels, in many different types of application. And it is, like I say, it's the easy way out. We just can uh, forget our own responsibility and uh, uh, hide ourselves behind whatever a system is doing. But that's actually quite worrying. We are the ones who should be accountable and should take the responsibility for what the systems are doing. Also for the decision of using a system to take a certain type of uh, decisions. And there is where I think there is a much-needed uh, much discussion to bring, and also the, maybe the regulatory incentives to uh, bring this focus on our responsibility for what we do with these systems, much more to the foreground. Something that we're really interested in is the regulation of AI, as you just talked about, and the challenge of creating AI ethics frameworks and toolkits that are really useful and properly ethical, making a meaningful difference. So we're seeing feminist and anti-racist knowledge and methodologies translated extremely effectively into data science guidelines, but practitioners are still on the hunt for ways of making toolkits practicable. So in your view... How can we effectively translate these toolkits into practice? Very good question. And indeed, there's a challenge which we all are uh, noticing at the moment. I think that there are a few ways to do it. We can think about, indeed, the integration with the standard uh, software development tools, integration with all these methods and processes that practitioners use to develop software and bring the AI ethics uh, as uh, functional and non-functional requirements to the practice of engineers. So it's not something which you add on at the end of the process, which is often what people see. Okay, we, we have built our system. It works. Now we have this extra burden of uh, uh, adding the ethics to it. Uh, I think that attitude is what needs to change. Bringing ethics and bringing responsibility and bringing um, a participatory approach to the design of systems needs to be uh, central and part of it since the very beginning is not the add-on, is a fundamental part of the development. So there we have to really work on the integration of these issues with the standard software and the system development approaches that are there. At the same time, we also really need to work on the awareness of what does it mean, and both the awareness by the practitioners, but also the awareness by the public in general. We as public, also as consumers, as citizens, we also have a choice to decide and to demand systems that are built and are that integrate uh, fundamental principles of ethics, fundamental principles of human rights and of societal values. We can demand it and we really need to have the awareness as 
public, as users, as uh, citizens and uh, consumers, we need really to make, be made aware that we have this voice and we have this choice to bring uh, uh, into the discussion. And that means also as well that from the perspective of uh, policymakers, the perspective of governments and um, uh, international organizations, that they also need to take the, to create the incentives and create the environment in which these voices can be joined to the, to the conversation. Kerry and I take feminist ideas as our starting point for investigating value systems embedded in technology. In your work on the decision-making capabilities of intelligent agents and other synthetic entities, what informs your understanding of which kinds of moral and ethical standpoints they should take? Thank you. Very interesting question. Um, I think that in my work, I try to take a participatory and diverse approach. It is important to realize that each one of us has only a, a part of the truth, as only a part of the overall uh, understanding of the problem, that uh, we can understand the problem much better if we bring into the into the discussion many different types of voices. I like to talk better about inclusion in general than just about the the gender. Uh, gender-based inclusion. I think it's also very important to, to include different cultures, to include different disciplines, and to include those uh, groups which are uh, usually uh, less considered or less uh, estimated in their type of uh, participation. And that, uh, that can be many different things. Of course, the, the gender issue is one which we cannot forget. And in the technology and in engineering in general is still a, a very important part of the, the discussion, of, of a very important part of the what is missing in the, in the development, in, in the conversation, let's say. But uh, different cultures, different disciplines, different groups, different uh, ages, dif diversity, I think that's, the, that's the, the key word here. We really need to take a diverse and inclusive approach to, uh, to the design and development and understanding of these systems. Sometimes things in the world of technology are complicated and need careful explaining. Sometimes they just need a little hard truth. I don't think anyone is going to buy a banana with crypto at any point in the foreseeable future. I'm Lizzie O'Leary, the host of Slate's What Next TBD, your clear-eyed guide to technology, power, and the future. Friday and Sunday, wherever you get your podcasts. Fantastic. Something else that we're really interested in that your work touches on quite a lot is the idea of human AI ecosystems, all the kinds of relationships and partnerships that arise when humans and AI work together, such as, for example, in the context of customer service chatbots. So what do you think constitutes good human AI culture and relationships? And conversely, what are the ethical risks of human AI ecosystems? Thank you. Um, human AI is indeed a central part of the work that I do. Uh, Human-centered uh, human AI, like we like to call it. It is about designing AI. First, it's, it's about understanding that the AI system is the tool is the instrument that can be used by humans, by the users, by the, uh, the society in general, to improve our own well-being, our own uh, 
condition, let's say. So it is a, a partnership in which we humans are in the driver's seat and where we use the, tech, the AI technology to support our uh, individual and our societal well-being as much as possible. So in this sense, it is important to build the systems to adapt to what the user needs, to what the society needs. Also, it's important to build these systems with the understanding that what is the best for me individually is not always what is the best for society in general. It's not the best for all of us together. So the collective and individual perspective needs to be taken into account in this ecosystem between AI systems and uh, users and humans. Uh, and it's also important to to realize that uh, indeed the risks that uh, might be there is that we rely too much or are too easy to be nudged by this type of systems. We are too easy to be lulled into uh, laziness because the systems are going to do uh, more and more of the decisions that we should be taking ourselves. So it's important to balance between providing us the ease of um, activities that the, indeed uh, a lot of these chatbots or a lot of these nudging systems can help us, uh, providing uh, the uh, guiding us to the best possible information, guiding us to the best possible type of um, activities and uh, actions for uh, which uh, would be the best for us. But again, here, what is best for us is something which is not always what we think is best. Uh, we might want to have something, but that's not necessarily what is the maybe the best. So we really need to have this, again, this type of openness and acceptance that there is a balance between what we want, what we should want, what uh, what is good for us and what we think we, we would like. And indeed, the risk here is that we build systems that are too complacent and of make us too complacent, too lazy. And uh, you really need to, uh, to find a good balance between our own awareness, our own well-being and the ease of um, decision-making that the systems can bring. Something that Carrie and I are thinking about a lot is how people should be educated about AI in order to equip themselves to interact well with AI in these contexts, both in the corporate sector and in society at large. So what do you think are appropriate ways of exploring how people interact, negotiate, trust, and cooperate with autonomous cognitive entities in these different settings? Yeah, good question. I think that the central to the, the, this question is the, to understand that AI is not magic. AI is not the solution to all our problems. No technology is the solution to all our problems. I actually just recently read a quote by Laurie Anderson in which she says, when we think that uh, technology will be the solution to our problems, we don't really understand technology, but we also don't really understand our problems. So it's good to realize that uh, the awareness of AI uh, is uh, to understand that there are limits to what AI can do for us. And there are, there are also limits in what, what we should want that AI 
is uh, going to be applied for. So the first, uh, the first part of this awareness, of this education, is to understand what can these systems do? How do those systems work? And I really don't mean that everybody needs to be able to build an AI system or even to understand fully what is the technology behind it. But we really need to understand that these systems, that actually, uh, mostly what we at, at this uh, moment uh, uh, are calling AI systems are basically systems that are able to identify patterns in huge amounts of data. And that is very useful in many types of decisions, but it's only one way to look at intelligence. The fact that we identify patterns in data doesn't mean that the system understands what that pattern is. Well, the system can be very good at identifying cats in pictures, but it still will have no idea what a cat is. So we have to realize that this is the level of systems that are taking decisions for us. Uh, and we really need to provide this awareness to uh, everybody and uh, at corporate level, but also at um, basic education, as at uh, public education level. Uh, next to that, we really have to work on the other side. And I, by that, I mean the education of the engineers, of the experts that are building these systems. That, um, again, there, the point is to bring into the education of computer scientists, the education of engineers, the necessary understanding of the societal and human impact of the technologies that they are building. It is, uh, technologies are not good or bad, but they are also not valueless. The way that we build technologies embeds by definition and by necessity, the values that we as engineers have and adhere to. And if we are not aware of this uh, implicit building into the technology, the, the values that we deem important, we are not really uh, aware of the potential impact of this technology. So in one end, we have to bring everybody to understand AI is not magic. And on the other extreme, uh, the other side of the, the spectrum, we have to bring engineers to understand that what they are doing does have an impact on the values of and the, the ethics and on the societal, the societal impact of what they have, the, what they do. And that's so fascinating. And I think we have time for one more question. I'm really interested in what you say about technology not being good or bad, but also not being valueless. And I was wondering, when do you think there's a case for refusing AI? Like, do you think there's certain circumstances where we should just say, actually, either this particular technology is not working for us, it's not contributing to human good? Or do you think there's certain circumstances where we say AI is just not the right tool here to be used? Or do you think there's always ways of recuperating AI, so to speak, of improving it and making it better? As an AI researcher, yes, I would believe that there are ways to improve AI. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing the, the right thing as a researcher in AI. But I do think that there is um, a need for a broad and societal discussion about what are the limits and the conditions under which we want to use this type of systems. I would say... Uh, I, there is a lot of discussion about areas in which we should or not use AI. But from my perspective, the moment that we are using a system to take decisions about someone's life, small or big decisions, but are impacting someone's life, and we are using a technology that we cannot fully understand how it leads to a certain uh, result, 
then we should really start thinking, is this the technology that we want to use? If the system decides on your credit score, on your court case, on your medical diagnostic, and the system is uh, not able, the experts on the, are not able to understand why is the system bringing this uh, decision, uh, suggesting this decision, then we really need to start thinking, is this a, a good technology to use here? Should we uh, really um, take this, the decisions of the system blindly into the, into the society or should we um, scratch our head before we really use this type of systems? And that is independently of the area of uh, the sector in which we, the systems are being applied. Amazing. Thank you so much. It has been such a joy to have you with us and discuss all the phenomenal work that you're doing and have been doing for such a long time on good and responsible AI. So we just want to say thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. This episode was made possible thanks to our generous funder, Christina Gould. It was written and produced by Dr. Eleanor Drage and Dr. Kerry Mafra and edited by Laura Zamulianitan.